Da-da, 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 da-da. Sometimes we don't watch TV because we don't know if it's worth it. We're not sure if we really have the energy to buy into all these shows. There's so much going on with life. I get it. I get it. And we all really need that one friend. That one friend that's going to explain the premise to us, tell us why we're going to love it, why as soon as we see that opening scene, there's no going back. My name is Christina, I am that friend, and you have stumbled into my podcast, Recaps and Receipts. We're going to kick this podcast off with the first episode of Good Omens. I need a recap. I need a recap. I need a recap. I missed it. What are we talking about? I need a recap. Hi, welcome to my podcast, Recaps and Receipts. We're going to get started in the first episode of Good Omens. Good Omens is an Amazon Prime original. Season one has six episodes. They're all available to watch now. Each episode runs about 50 minutes, give or take. If you want to plan in bathroom breaks, maybe set aside an hour, set your viewing situation up right. What makes this show worth watching? If I'm going to talk about what really drew me to this series in the first place, it's the cast. The main characters are played by David Tennant, who's most famous for his role in Doctor Who. He's also done a lot of other work here and there. I really enjoyed his work in Broadchurch. Michael Sheen is also in this, another brilliant, hilarious actor. We have some appearances from John Hamm, Nick Offerman, and the entire thing is narrated by Francis McDormand. So you know what's going on right now. You understand the context of what happened before this. You know what's about to happen. You know things that the characters don't know. Ha! So let's jump in. It's time for a recap. The whole premise of this show is about the end times. Armageddon end of the world as we know it. And these two characters, played by David Tennant and Michael Sheen, who are respectively Crowley, David Tennant, and Azariafel? I'm gonna call him Ezra, and that is the good guy. He's he's the the nice angel, uh, played by Michael Sheen. Both of them have come to love Earth a lot. They've come to love the human experience a lot, which is interesting. You can really enjoy the human experience when you're not limited to life as a human. If you can be immortal, if you can snap your fingers and just, you know, magically are not inebriated anymore, that's that's fantastic. <laughs> Anyways, this story is about the end times. The earth is coming to an end, and we begin by kind of introducing our characters, right? The whole story starts off in the Garden of Eden, and it's the Christian beginning of the world. The world has been created and enters the snake who tells Eve 
she should go try out that apple, right? Right. The tree of good and evil? The tree of the knowledge of good and evil? Hmm. <laughs> I should read my Bible. Anyway, we have, we come to this moment where we see that Eve is, you know, she, she has an apple. She and Adam are kicked out of the garden. We all know this story. Then we see some creative license. We see, uh, two angels, one that is obviously in all white, very, uh, righteous and heavenly and the other is dressed in all black and has black wings and a a few tats and is uh identifies as a demon that would be crowley and they both look at each other as adam and eve are leaving the garden and they're they have this interesting moment these two where they just kind of say i hope i did the right thing with how i responded to adam and eve And by right, I mean, I hope I did the thing that I should have done. Because Crowley, the demon, he was supposed to have tempted Adam and Eve into disobedience to God. He was supposed to have tempted them into eating this particular fruit. But then he begins to wonder, is it really wrong for someone to know the difference between good and evil? Because that's all the fruit did it just opened their eyes. Is what I did really wrong? Because if I did something right, they're not really pleased with right behavior downstairs, if you know what I mean. And Ezra, the angel, is all, well, I just gave them my my flaming sword. I had one and I knew that they were going out into the wilderness and there are lots of animals out there and I'm just really not sure how they're going to survive. So I, I gave them my sword. I really hope that I did the right thing. And as they're kind of musing together, Crowley looks over at Ezra and says, (laughs) wouldn't it be interesting if I did the right thing and you did the wrong thing? And Ezra is like, no, 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 no. It would not be interesting. It would not be, it would not be interesting at all. Then we flash forward thousands of years and we see that there are plans for the end of the world. What's going on? Who's part of the plan? It seems like the quote unquote good guys and the quote unquote bad guys both know what's going on. So, uh, It seems like everything is set in stone. Everybody knows exactly what the end of times events are going to be, which is the Antichrist is going to come. And then when that Antichrist turns 11, there will be a battle for this earth between the forces of good and evil. And there will be a winner. And then the rest of eternity will just be eternity. Whatever that means. (laughs) We get to the part where the, the Antichrist is delivered to the earth in a picnic basket. Don't ask me how. (laughs) Don't ask me why. The Antichrist is delivered by some other demons in a picnic basket to Crowley. They said, you've been up here. You've been doing a good job. Whatevs. Here you go. Make things happen. Crowley knows what his job is. He's supposed to go hand off this baby to some satanic nuns who have had the plan since forever. This 
These nuns are part of something called the Chattering Order, and they are ready. Essentially, there's, they're welcoming earthly moms and dads in who are going to give birth, birth, <laughs> they're going to give birth to normal babies, and then they're going to do a little switch around. They're going to grab the Antichrist, hand it over to the correct parents that should raise this Antichrist, and then I don't know what happens to the other baby. I really don't know. I really don't know. They only plan for one set of parents to come in, give birth, and when that baby is born, switch it out, bang, 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 we're done. Well, two sets of parents came in. So we have a set of parents that are American. One of them is a diplomat and couldn't be there because they were busy hanging with the president doing work. Enter Nick Offerman, who is this American diplomat dad and can't be with his wife as she's going into birth, into labor. We have another couple, British couple, locally, they come in. They're supposed to, they're supposed to actually have their child a week from now. But they're here today. So what are we going to do? We got to deliver their baby. Everyone was only planning on one couple. So you know how this is going to go down. You already know that this is going to be a mess. Crowley shows up. Baby in a picnic basket. He's all like, all right, which room? Which room do I go to? He asks the wrong person. That person doesn't actually know what's going on. This person sends him to room number three, wherever room number three is. And that's where he deposits the baby. So he switches out the baby with a, with a real human baby, but with the wrong parents. So the Americans were supposed to raise the Antichrist. But what happened is this nice British couple end up with the Antichrist as their child. In the meantime, all of the satanic sisters, the satanic nuns. They just, they're like all thinking they all know where the Antichrist is. So they're giving name suggestions. They're like, you can name him Damien. And everyone's like, nah, I don't, I'm not really feeling that. No parents are feeling naming their child Damien. And they're like, well, you can name your child um, Cain. That's, you know, that's a solid name. They're like, no, what about Warlock? So one of the kids gets named Warlock. One of these baby boys is named Warlock. And the Antichrist ends up getting named Adam. Irony. So now we have had three babies, right? Because we had one natural baby from each natural set of parents, and then a third baby which has entered the realm of Earth because he's the Antichrist. He gets switched out for one of the other babies. We have no clue what happens to that baby. I'm sure we'll find out sooner or later. Now Crowley and Ezra need to talk about what's next. Crowley reaches out to Ezra and is all like, Hey man, I just delivered the Antichrist. You really like Earth, right? You like, you like sushi and classical music. We should, we should see about stopping this. You know, it's, it's really important, uh, to, to, to take a hands-on approach for childhood development. So I know where the baby is. 
let's plant ourselves in their in its life, right? And I mean, I'm sure that you would get a huge pat on the back if you if you managed to thwart my attempts to turn this child into the most evil child it could be. Because, I mean, I really like the Earth, too. I do. So let's, let's just both turn up, see what happens, give it a go. Age five, they both plant themselves in his life. They do everything they can to invest their personal morals or their team's strategies about life. Obviously, Crowley is all about pain and suffering. He sings lullabies about brains and blood and whatnot. And Ezra's all, look, that's, that's Sister Slug. That's, that's Brother Turtle. We, we love our family. (laughs) The years tick by. All of a sudden, it's year 11. And Crawley knows that the Antichrist is supposed to be joined by the ultimate hellhound. This dog is some kind of supernatural evil. We know that he's supposed to be scary and in general evil, uh, but we don't really know exactly what's going on other than him being ginormous and ferocious. The dog is supposed to be released at a certain point in the day on the Antichrist's 11th birthday. The dog will just go find its master, and as soon as it is inside of its master, the master will name it, and thus begins Armageddon. Well, that's the way it's supposed to happen. Crowley and Ezra have been investing the past 11 years in this young man's life, And it's the middle of the day during the time where this dog is supposed to show up at this boy's birthday. There's no dog. They've misplaced the Antichrist, something that we've known this entire time. But now they know it too. So somewhere in the middle of the woods, Adam is playing with his friends on his birthday. He's supposed to come home at a certain time and have cake with his parents. And he's out in the forest just, you know, I don't want to say he's be, he's evil yet, but there are signs. You know, you're, when you're looking for evil in someone, you can already see it. He already seems, he's, he's, he seems off to me. But maybe that's just because I know things. Maybe that's because I already know he's the Antichrist. I digress. Adam is playing with his friends. And Adam, as he's waiting before it's time to go meet his, his parents, he's just naming out loud what he would like in a dog. And as Adam, the Antichrist, is naming his dog, he's really just talking about all the things that he wants his dog to be. And he just kind of says, I want a small dog. I just want to play with this dog. I want to have fun. You know, just a normal dog. And his friends say, well, what would you name your dog? Anticipation is building. The narrator is telling you that the dog is absorbing this sense of identity from the Antichrist, from Adam. This dog is getting ready to pursue its purpose wholeheartedly once it's fully dictated 
He just needs a name, and he'll reveal himself to Adam. That's it. Long pause. Adam says, I think I would just name my dog, Dog. You know, it really seems a lot simpler that way. What? <laughs> then, this dog, you see that it's ferocious and it's ginormous. This entire time, immediately it shrinks into the cutest little dog and just runs up and is all like, hi. You know, I mean, obviously it, it doesn't speak. Um, maybe less obvious because we're talking about a supernatural being here. And thus, the end of the world is upon us. Crowley and Ezra are trying to actually stop the end of the world because they really just want to keep doing what they're doing. They've grown fond of the human experience despite not being humans. And we don't know what's next. But I'll tell you what I want to learn. Top three things I want to see next. I want to learn about some of these loose ends. I need to know more about this baby. This baby that just got rotated out and is living maybe a supernormal but also potentially miserable life as an orphan somewhere. Who knows? Number two. And what is this dog capable of doing? Now that Adam has been reunited with dog, I don't know whether I should say reunited, but now that Adam has been joined by dog, what happens? How does Adam come into his full power in a way that literally destroys the world? What is so special about a boy and his dog? Ah! <laughs> Number three. I'm also interested in some of these superpowers that the angels seem to have, um, that the angels and demons seem to have. Both of them, you know, when they realize that Armageddon is upon them, they get together, they hang out, they get totally smashed. And then they decide at the end of it that it's actually kind of ha hard to have a conversation about the end of the world when they're intoxicated. So they're just going to sober up. They take a deep breath in, deep breath out. And then all of a sudden you see all of the empty bottles around them filling with the alcohol that used to be in them already. What? Now that's handy. Anyways, I'm really excited to see what happens next. I need a recap. I need a recap. I need a recap. I missed it. What are we talking about? I need a recap. <laughs> Borth.